This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news the week of April 6th, 2019. Brewdog to stone. Ich bin ein Berliner. Ninkasi sells the majority of its legacy. San Miguel and founders finish off Avery. Jelly Belly were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they never stopped to think if they should. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker, still wondering why it keeps cutting off the intro like that. I, we, I've got to edit it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to our first story, uh, which is about Stone. Popping up a lot in our news lately. Well, Stone Brewing is unloading... It's Berlin Brewery to Brewdog. Pulled this from Brewbound uh, News as of yesterday. Stone's lofty $30 million German brewery experiment aimed at converting Reinheitsgebot-abiding German drinkers to American craft beer lovers has come to an end only a few years after it began. San Diego headquartered company ranked by the uh, Brewers Association as the ninth largest craft brewery in the U.S., uh, today announced that its sales of sale of its Berliner at Berlin brewing facility to Scotland's Brewdog. I really want to say Berliner Weiss <laughs> every time we're talking about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, terms of the deal not to disclose, but Brewdog will be occupying the space as of May first. Oh wow! Just a month, less than a month. Uh, yeah, it's a that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, that's it's like you got a month. Uh, take out all the. Take down all the, the, the stone logo you can. All the gargoyles. All the... Replace it with mm-hmm. dogs. Yeah, because like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to make about this. I, I kind of want to read a little bit more before I kind of go in with uh, rampant speculation. Uh, <laughs> completely baseless, elderly, and just what my own warped brain has to say about it. So let's, let's try to get through the story first. But I have... I have conspiracy theories. I have a special tinfoil hat for for this afterward. Uh, but uh, Stone came out to say, uh, we invested a significant portion of a decade and significant millions building Stone Berlin, and it didn't work out. Uh, these things hurt, and these things happen. This one happened, and this one hurt uh, hurts a lot. Uh, it did seem like this was kind of like a bit of a passion project for for them like it was oh yeah i mean it was the first instance of an american craft brewer just going no we're gonna build a facility in europe and we're gonna bring fresh american craft to these people yeah mm-hmm. well uh, according to a post on Brewdog's blog the company will temporarily close the facility which is located in a historic uh 40 uh, sorry forty three thousand square foot Gasworks Complex building built in 1901 and turned the building into a brew dog space that is similar to its U.S. brewing headquarters in Columbus. Hmm. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, in case you were yeah. curious. It's not Georgia. Uh, as part, right. As part of the acquisition, Brewdog will also pick up a like-new uh, 100 hectoliter brew house 
and a 10 hectoliter pilot brewing system. The purchase also includes a canning line, bottling line, tap room, and outdoor beer garden. This is a pretty good buy for them. Seriously. So, yeah, this is pretty solid for anyone who's just like looking to set up, you know, full on production capabilities, distribution, all that. It's all there, ready to go. They, oh, God. Sorry. Now I'm just thinking they should call their. their I have to imagine in a boardroom they're calling their German release stuff as a marketing as a blitz. Oh my gosh! We start the blitz. I don't know if they're they they want to ever use that word. I'm just saying it's 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 so they can. It's time for payback. They dropped bombs on us. It's time for bombs <laughs> on them. It's time to drop beers on them. Oh, that's even better. What what are I'm they going to? Just gonna, saying, I should be in their marketing department. What are they going to drop for marketing there? Where when they came to the U.S., they were dropping the taxidermied Hold cats on. on Wall Street. <laughs> it's kind of a, a a weird weird. It's it's a good thing for for Brewdog, but it kind of does make me hurt for for Stone. Yeah, uh, considering we just did the episode on Stone. Hey, you can go check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cook was uh, quoted as saying uh, back in 2014 when they opened, once opened, they will bring German Germany and the rest of Europe a taste of, the cla- of their craft beer vision, looking forward to the unique beers we have spent the last 18 years brewing. Uh, but cost of construction and ultimately uh, uh, cost of construction delays ultimately proved to be a source of consternation for the uh, brewery executive who had once been characterized as the beer Jesus from America by a German tabloid. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. checks out. Uh, he play, uh, Cook places some of the blame on uh, failed uh, on, for his company's failed Berlin brewery on its contractors who simply couldn't or wouldn't find solutions to problems that arose during the build out. I uh, said it cost us dearly. The real challenge uh, was the tendency of our contractors to stop everything when a problem arose. Uh, the, it's like time and money just uh, ticked away, and that's the cost of being a romantic or a fool, which is a really sad thing for him to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, but they uh, they will continue to distribute throughout Europe. Uh, they do say that perhaps they should have started smaller, named for the tree line instead of the stars. <laughs> uh, but let's see the. Oh, where the, so if they're still going to distribute, where are they like where are they distribute? Are they still just brewing it in the U.S. and having it imported? Uh, that's what I'm trying to look because that was here. the whole problem was that the beer yeah. that they were sending over there, like the IPAs, were pretty awful by the time they got there. Right. Um, the project contempt, which Stone held its new country. The opposition approach worked well in Cal. Okay. Uh, there's a, a some. Apparently there was some friction between him and some of the, the German people. And so uh, it's part of the the problem, I guess. But I'm not sure how they're, they're stripping it out there. Uh, I I had heard some rumor when I heard the story the first time that perhaps BrewDog was still going to let them make on their facility. But I don't see anything about this in the article. And I don't know. Mm. Uh, hopefully they they find some way. Maybe there are their they're trying to find a, a smaller area they can try to get a foothold or toehold back in yeah but as of right now it's it's kind of a, a big loss for stone but brewdog who continues to you know soar ever higher with additional flights on their yeah uh, that's the other thing we couldn't find any links to it but we know we both read the story at some point that was another great thing that came about today was that uh 
uh, BrewDog is now going to be doing the flight again, the BrewDog Airlines thing, but it's going to be two flights, and it's going to be uh, uh, one coming from Columbus to Scotland and then Scotland to Columbus. So this time around, from the U.S., we're going to be able to go go take a flight. I mean, Columbus is a long way to go just for a flight. but <laughs> A long way to go. It's like two hours. Well, mm. for us. For you, a little more. A little more. Uh, well, there is no good pivot point for this, uh, so let's just move on to the next story. Yeah, like I say, there's no no real real way to go into the next one. Hold on, let's just pause for a second. Me. <laughs> Again, episodes full of full of edits. So yeah, with no no good segue in this one. Let's just jump in. Oregon's Ninkasi Brewing has sold a majority stake to Legacy Breweries, Inc., an upstart venture led by former Yakima Chief uh, CEO Don Bryant that aims to acquire U.S. craft breweries. Specific financial terms of the deal, which will close at the end of April, were not disclosed. Uh, hmm. s- similar to Canarchy, which owns Oscar Blue's Cigar City Brewing, Deep Ellum, uh, Utah Brewers Cooperative, which includes uh, Wasatch and a couple others, Parent Brewing, and Three Weavers, or Artisanal Brewing Ventures, which owns Victory Brewing, Southern Tier, and Six Point Brewery. Legacy Breweries, Inc. hopes to establish collaborative partnerships which uh, with craft breweries, according to Ninkasi co-founder Nikos Ridge. <clears throat> So some of these are, it's weirdly stated. So like the Victory and Southern Tier thing, they came together and made artisanal brewing ventures. Right. They're looking to, uh, like in those cases, it's like a couple places together, joining together like Voltron. Yeah. This feels like someone coming in going, I could buy some of these places. Yeah. Get them together. Uh, speaking to Brewbound, where we sourced, uh, Ridge said, along with uh, co-founder Jamie Floyd and the company's six investors, uh, would retain significant ownership of the brewery. Ninkasi sold a majority stake to Legacy Breweries in order to create a new platform that can leverage our resources in conjunction with those of the Legacy team. The long-term goal, according to Ridge, is to identify independent craft brewery owners who are interested in selling all or parts of their businesses. Uh, I think the ideal partner for us would be someone who is stronger in the areas where uh, we are not as developed. I wonder if they mean that geographically or uh, flavor-wise. <laughs> Probably both. So if they're not yeah. good at you know a particular style range, hey, maybe uh, someone can that's going to join will be better with that and can come in and teach them a few things. Also, someone who has some distribution footprint elsewhere can help them get their stuff distributed. Yeah. Uh, I do wonder with uh, with this, if this still allows them to be considered craft, or are they now something else? It feels like no. That's my... Gonna say, uh, if it's a, since it's a significant portion... It's yeah. probably going to mean nay. They are not going to be craft right. anymore. Uh, for his part, Bryant said Legacy Breweries plans to purchase two more Ninkasi-sized breweries in the Midwest and East regions of the U.S. Uh, Ninkasi, which the Brew Association ranked as the 35th largest craft brewery in 2018, shipped more than 90,000 barrels last year. 
<clears throat> so something around something else that was thirty five largest or lower. <laughs> yeah, that's their that's their target range right now. Yes. Uh, as those brewing hubs are established, the company would also look to acquire 10 to 15 smaller breweries in those geographies. Uh, those companies would be able to access expanded production and packaging capabilities and have better access to raw materials such as hops, malt, and cans. Which, uh, with things going the way they are, yeah, getting access, like for those hop shortages, these like having a collective like this is very helpful. So you yeah, have, you know, say, they're going to need to get every last fight and scrape for every last bit they can get. Yeah, and especially with, uh, you know, the what we're seeing with steel prices and aluminum and all this, getting a hold of cans, just like raw materials for cans, can be rough. So if you have a nice little collective coming together like this, it, it can be much easier to secure what you need. Mm-hmm. The legacy distribute amongst yourselves. Yeah. Uh, Legacy Breweries Venture has access to two sources of capital, including funds from a family office called Blue Ocean. A second partner that came in on the deal with Ninkasi is EP- EPR Properties, a specialty real estate investment trust uh, that has $6.8 billion worth of real estate investments, including 158 megaplex theaters, 32 top golf complexes, so that's... That's the uh, investment firm you're looking at there, the people who own Top Golf. Uh, EPR also plans to participate in future deals. Uh, Brian added that the legacy has access to nine figures worth of investment and noted that Blue Ocean, which has committed to help helping uh, fund future acquisitions, did not participate in the deal with Ninkasi. Mm. Uh, sorry, when they were mentioning who the... Uh, uh, the agency it was that was by you know or that partnered with them it was like real estate. Who else had was in real estate that I can think of? Well, Robert Durst's family, but let's hope it's not them. <laughs> yeah, I like some of this. Uh, the idea of a craft brewery roll-up isn't new, even though the subtle nuances of Legacy's approach might differ from the ones that came before it. Nevertheless, the model has been met with limited success in recent years. Well, it's. <sighs> AB and Bev has already said that they they they've stopped buying the little guys. Yeah, they're not from gonna, their perspective, little guys. They're going to start making their own brands and trying to develop the ones that they've purchased, is what they say. Yeah, never know what's going to keep happening on you know that front. They've right. gone quiet but, recently. I guess they spent all their buyout money on you know. Well, they they put the guy in charge of buyouts into a different department. So, yeah, to buy out stuff in the in that sphere, uh, but. You know, it's it's. I guess it's kind of interesting to see people in it, it, trying to work in the the mid to low tier to basically just step in. Like, well, if they're not buying them, I feel like they're just leaving money on the ground. I can just go pick that up and pick up these places and just run with it. Then, um, yeah, they bring up another interesting thing here that we never heard anything about, um, and kind of talk about it here. And so we were talking about stone, stone everywhere. Uh, if anyone remembers back in 2016, we covered the story uh, that uh, Greg Cook uh, talked about uh, True Craft, a $100 million fund for investing in food, beverage, and craft brewing companies. And recently he revealed on the Good Beer Hunting podcast that his plan to take minority stakes in those companies never materialized. So the whole program just never actually happened. Yeah, well, and... Considering all the issues they're 
you know, that they've been having and the slowdown and yeah, that hundred million fund probably not actually there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was probably on a fund that they were expecting to make more profit on and didn't. Yeah. um, Uh, Also, all I can think of to that too is uh, 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 (laughs) Stone like, yeah, well, I mean, that hundred million dollars had to go somewhere, and lawsuits aren't cheap. So here's another one that uh, I don't remember. We may have no, this is pre-show, like before we had the show. In 2015, a private equity firm, uh, Friedman, Flesher, and Lowe, I've heard of them before, FFL, acquired Abita Brewing and established Enjoy Beer LLC, a consortium that had plans on purchasing five craft breweries and going public. The platform has yet to announce any other acquisitions, and its website redirects to the Abita homepage. Mm. So methinks somebody uh, on that one... They got going, and then once they acquired their first brewery, realized, oh, crap, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Or, because, like, in 2015, the prices that they would have to spend to buy some of that stuff would have been outlandish for yeah. what was already, at that point, we were starting to think that we were hitting the hitting the, the, the high water mark. So, it's, you know, some of this is just the price that happens when you try to do this late, but... If they do this smartly, if they don't try to shoot the moon all at once, then it, it's possible they can make this this idea work. Yeah, uh, they go on in the in this article they're talking about how Canarchy and Artisanal Brewing have both like most of their breweries are in the top fifty mm-hmm. of craft breweries. So it's like those two are showing that yes, this can be done, and it can be done well. It's just whether or not they can. Uh, anyone else is able in this current market to pull it off because most of those were started pre this you know weird post brewery boom where you know there's just so many new like oh there's no end to the amount of breweries we can have and it's like well there might be there like a certain there's a phrase called saturation saturation point we're there we're not well we're not there yet but my blood alcohol is pretty much there yeah. It, it has my body has reached the point where it cannot absorb any more alcohol, so I've, I've got to stop. And the amount of beer I purchase and drink now has to kind of remain steady or start dwindling down a little. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you want to grab the next one? Yeah. Yeah. I'll hop in here. Uh, How San Miguel Founders Brewing partner together to take a majority control. Of Avery Brewing, so yeah, we were uh, we talked not that long ago about how Founders was uh, pushing off a lot of the brewing of All Day IPA to Avery after you know their their we owner. Were wondering if this we didn't wondering if this was trying to make inroads to yeah, like because their owner Sam Miguel, uh, who owns like a thirty percent stake, thirty five I think, in Founders, and mm-hmm. they bought the same stake in Avery. And it looks like uh, the other two had just bought the rest of Avery just to, they're like, let's quit messing around and just go for it. Maybe not the rest, but together they have a majority stake. Uh, San Miguel is up in Colorado's Avery Brewing. The Spanish company has teamed up with other U.S. craft brewery partner, Michigan's Founder Brewing, on the new investment. Not actually craft brewery. Well, they're they're, they're not now because San Miguel has such a large portion of... Anyway, um... Announced today, Maori, along with founders, will purchase 40% stake in Avery Brewing for an undisclosed sum. Uh, all the pineapple you can eat. 
I know it's passion fruit, but... In the beer, they taste the same. Uh, Newly acquired steak will uh, be combined with uh, Mao's uh, original 30% minority interest uh, in Avery that was purchased in early 2018. So they now have 70%. Uh, the deal negotiated gives them every six rolling interest in the Colorado Craft Brewery. Oh, wait, it was an uh, additional 40%. Okay. An additional 40 from the 30 they already had. So Okay. Oof. Yeah. So they, they... I don't know how much of that 40 belongs to who, but <clears throat> enough of that basically San Miguel is like, no, we run Bartertown. Founders, you have part of Bartertown. Yeah, let's see. Keep Let's find out who if they break it down at all. Yeah, uh, the brewery's founder uh, Adam Avery and his father Larry uh, will own the remaining thirty percent of the business, but executives from Maui will Mahau. I, I do not know how to say that. Just Is Sam it, Sam Miguel. Let's say Sam Miguel. That's gonna work better for me. From Sam Miguel will now play a bigger role in the day to day decision making. Uh, Adam, Adam Avery told Brewbound. Uh, he said, "We can use all the in- uh, expertise we can get." There is some crazy shit going down in our industry, and it's uh, awesome the investors are looking at this as a long-term play and not a short-term, uh, a turn-and-burn uh, type of thing. Since they think generationally. They are putting breweries into ships, launching them into space with <laughs> brewing families on there, <laughs> oh. making, making generation ships. It hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> well, uh... San Miguel also owns a uh, 30% stake in Founders, uh, which is the 14th largest uh, beer company in the U.S. Uh, according to Avery, the new investment was used to pay down the debt incurred when the company spent $30 million to build a 96,000-square-foot brewery and is currently capable of producing as much as 150,000 barrels annually. What I like there is that it's there to pay down debt, and it's almost as if they were like, all right, we, we spent all this money. Oh. Oh. And then like, San Miguel just comes in going, yes. What what else would you like to spend? Just just buy us already. Yeah. Just make it not hurt. They're, they're looking at the, the shattered husk of green flash going, we don't want that. Yeah. Well, our debt load was very high. Yeah, also, just that 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 whole paragraph I just read does really color the uh, the, the the comments that uh, Adam Avery was having. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, no, they're going to be making all the day-to-day decisions. Yeah, because they don't think you can be trusted with it anymore. Pretty much. Uh, our debt load was very high, he said. We've almost paid down almost all of our debt, which is a pretty nice feeling. Uh <laughs> The transaction will free up cash flow that is needed uh, to invest behind sales uh, and marketing initiatives as the company looks to rebound from its first year of decline in 17 years. Uh, it's a tough year for us, but we are back and on the positive side of things, they said. Uh, this is after, uh, in 2018, they had cut 4% of its employees, restructured its sales force, and added three new departments focused on uh, national account supply chains and sales analytics. Mm, the sexy things about beer sales. Ah, yes. Analytics. That That's what gets me rock hard for this industry. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of does me, but that's because I'm a nerd. <laughs> With the amount of times we have to be told, no, I have to be told, no, Bob, we don't want a, a story that's entirely numbers about uh, numbers and stats. It's like, but, 
but it's like the fact that I have to keep getting talked down about we don't need another COO change or whatever story. <laughs> like, but, but. <laughs> yes. Just keep in mind, there are other people in the show that do have to talk us down from our, from, like, if we were given free reign, it would be 80s jokes, hard stats, and every kind of uh, 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 random, you know, shake up in the in the business all the like, all the pol- the political crap that's happening yeah <laughs> anyway uh, so uh moving forward the company said they were working alongside found alongside founders to uh, evaluate synergies uh such as cross brewing or shared buying initi- initiatives but maintain separate sales forces you know until founders comes and goes look we own you Give so, us what you got. So yeah, apparently, I guess it's just uh, San Miguel that made the purchase, and they're, I guess, just allowing founders since they're already in this space I to help make they... the help make the calls. Yeah, probably, and they probably also said founders since if founders probably argued with them to say if you're making us do this, you're giving us a stake in their business because probably I'm, you know we're not. Or founders uh, felt the need to do it since that is now where they are brewing uh, some of their beer for the West Coast. So they actually have a stake in whether or not this is a smooth so, transition and happens yeah. efficiently. So you're you're picturing them walking into the facility and they're like, oh yes, here we will brew our hops. What is going on here? <laughs> All right, burn this to the ground and rebuild. I no, this is not happening. Not on our watch. <laughs> It's terrible. You're into that. All day IPA is going to be over there, and we're going to bring back uh, Devil Dancer, and we're going to brew that over here. And and Avery's just uh, like sitting I, in the corner, going, "Okay, we'll stop making the White Rascal." Good. <laughs> Look, I, I don't. I, I. This feels like bad news for Avery, but if it keeps them in business, it, it, you know, that's fine. Avery makes some good beer. I, I I want them to continue making good beer. They do. I want to see their beer still be on the shelf. So if this is what gets it there, hey, let's let's go with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They and plus they just got that brand new big facility, so they've got all this extra room for activities. <laughs> all this uh, room for activities. Uh, yeah. They have a a list there of all the like a picture of all the stuff there, and I'm like, hmm. I mean, let's keep the Maharaja, the the Ellie's Brown Ale, and the Real Peel. The rest of you, you better impress me. <laughs> Real Peel is quite good. Yeah, that's like I saw that when I was like, I don't know, Maharaja IPA solid. That's fine. Yeah. I'm always down for a Brown Ale, and I look over, and I see Real Peel. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> mm. But yeah, they have a whole like actual tra- you know, transcript, I guess, of like the press releases. But it's not that interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a kind of a kind of a huge deal. Uh, and again, it's in that same idea that you know, it's just time for for mid-sized guys to start slowly taking over other mid-sized guys. Yeah. Right. Right now, the only reasonable option, if Avery has any kind of like beef with this, is to break out the batlets, uh, stand out, <laughs> yeah, draw a circle in the middle of the brewery, and uh, let them fight it out. <laughs> 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 
that or they get out I forget the name of the the weapon that the Vulcans use during their Ponfar murder oh. ceremonies. But oh. I can't remember it either. Starts with a T, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this is I mean, kinda like the last story, we're seeing a lot of these mid tier guys who Casey prophesized a couple of years ago who were all going to start having real big problems with what the market was doing and then trying to expand their business. And guess what? Casey's, Casey's prophecies came true. He will be back eventually to, uh, Christ Stradamus will return. Yes. Yes, he will. But I don't know how upset I am. Uh, my, my enjoyment of Avery beers has really slacked off as of recent. And, I don't know. At least this will keep them around. Maybe more interesting things will happen. They can revamp some of their stuff. Like they even they've been killing off a lot of their lines of different beers because they had uh, uh, what was it, like tyrants and whatever series, and that they just got rid of that. They got rid of their it was tyrants and demons series. Uh, they had the demons series, which were sours and barrel aged beers, and they had the tyrants series, which were some barrel aged beers, and then some more. Or the mill stuff, and they realized uh, that kind of branding, like no one wants, I don't think they used it, but it, for example, no one really wants like a Mussolini Italian beer or something like that. Just mm. some, some weird, weird crap out there. You're like, eh, maybe not. Uh, some kind Mussolini of, beer is a hard sell in Italy. A Pol Pot yeah. beer. I mean, they, <laughs> they were really reaching when they made that, uh, that Pol Pot beer. Pol Pot is the worst dictator with the funniest name. Yeah. Like, there's... <laughs> I can't think of anyone with a funnier name than that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm... don't. This means no disrespect to anyone that's Cambodian. It's just... In English, those, those sounds together are just silly, as our language understands it. Speaking of our language, uh, why don't we go ahead and turn it over for the Brittany Walker Memorial Seltzer segment. <laughs> the Brittany Walker Memorial Seltzer and Aldi segment. Yeah, I was going to say. It, it, and it, this week in Aldi. Yeah, it's like a weird, that, it's a two weird segment, week. Two segments just collided and the world can't, the universe can't handle it. It's, gonna it's tearing apart at the seams. And because of this, we're going to be able to see black holes soon. <laughs> mm. But yeah, uh, the light's escaping. This week in Aldi and seltzer water, uh, hard seltzer, I guess that would be to be fair, um, because it's not just about seltzer these days. No, no, you have to put alcohol in it. Which of which seltzer, I'm finally seltzer, I'm finally finishing off the last of my Trulies, <laughs> like uh, from when we did this the hard seltzer episode. I'm finishing yeah. the last one now because we had to buy that whole giant case of the crap. But I, I say crap, but I actually enjoyed it. I, oh God, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to buy a whole case. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe if I forced it on me enough, it would be fine, but. At Costco it's... today, you can buy Costco size cases. Of no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sitting right next to the Costco size cases of uh, Sierra Nevada and Stone. An all day IPA. Oh. I'd buy a I'd buy a Costco case of all day IPA. Yeah, I know that that was the one that was tempting. Anyway, so uh not Costco, but Aldi this week. Um they're putting out a hard seltzer water cuz yeah. Um, Aldi. Wait, <laughs> because Aldi. Let's wait for the let's wait for the uh the the hard seltzer awards to come out. I know, right? Uh 
God, I want to I want to contribute and, and vote. It, it's just going to win. No, it's going to win, and it's going to win in like the Scotch category for no effing reason. <laughs> It'll be the PBR of the hard seltzer world where they just win in weird categories, and it's the same drink every time. Na- named the best single malt Scotch in the world, the sparkling seltzer from Aldi. Really? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Uh, so hard seltzer obviously has grown triple digits uh, as of 2018, which is insane. Uh, that strong growth looks to continue, of course. And now Aldi is getting involved. So uh, this German supermarket chain, uh, which everybody has to keep in mind that it's German. I don't know why, because I, I keep forgetting that. Uh, gained a reputation for selling award-winning wines at discount prices. Now it's following in the footsteps of brands like Boston Beer, Constellation, and Millet Coors by entering the and hard seltzer game. I mean, they missed the newest hotness, uh, Braxton, in there. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, according to Delish, Aldi will start selling Vista Bay, its in-house hard seltzer brand, on May 2nd. There will be four flavors to choose from. Uh, you got ruby grapefruit, lime, black cherry, and coconut mango. Though we can't speak to the quality just yet, the supermarket is staying on brand by releasing them a, at heavily discounted prices. Six packs of 12-ounce cans will sell for just $5.89. You know what? At that price, I'll drink it. Right? Uh, which I'll seems... drink that for a dollar. Yeah. No, um... I'll drink it for under a dollar. That's where you'll get. <laughs> All right, fine. Buy it. I'll, I'll drink this. Yes, and it says also, if that's not enough to reel you in... Each can contains just 100 calories and only two grams of carbs. So uh, they're trying to appeal to all the markets there. Um, it's not really something I'm concerned the, with, considering... Like you, can't, you can't see because of the way the camera is set, but I don't worry about my carbs <laughs> or my calories. Like I say, the, the sheer amount of uh, KBS I consume shows that I don't care about my carbs. <laughs> no, this is interesting i guess uh well one it's cheap that's that's where aldi's gonna you know yeah for for aldi shoppers if you're wanting a hard seltzer why spend more money on the other ones oh yeah yeah i mean honestly i feel like if you're going there at this point you're just it's aldi all the things you know <laughs> they've got you can just the whole liquor aisle of just like aldi 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 and just keep getting their stuff Kind of Although now I am curious, is there a uh, is there a seltzer is there a seltzer awards? <laughs> no, no, there is not. You give it time. <laughs> Within the year, I'm sure something will exist. It'll be the all. It, it'll be the sparkling awards, and it'll be oh. regular seltzer water plus hard seltzer water. Other malt beverages. I bet they throw in some cider in there. You know, different rosé ciders. You oh. know it will happen. I know, but I just hate the fact that you've already called the name and that I know that you're right. <laughs> the Sparkling Awards. They're going to have a special category for champagnes. If Jonathan Van Ness does not host that award show, <laughs> I swear to God. They everything wrong with their lives. Yeah. Well. You cannot call it the Sparkling Awards otherwise. That's nuts. Uh, what do you feel about these flavors? Ruby grapefruit, lime, black cherry, and coconut mango. So, okay, I think that they've... I feel Chose like they've made the a mistake there. flavors? Well... Except lime? No, I mean, they're they're standard, I think. But the, the problem for me is... I've, what I get annoyed with, like, as a, as a 
you know, non-alcohol seltzer drinker is I I don't like it when there's just the one flavor. So like the bubbly brand, the buble, mm-hmm. the buble, it's always just one flavor. So you have Michael lime, <laughs> right? Uh, so you get lime or you get cherry or you get apple or, you know what I mean? It, it's, if you want to mix, you you're kind of sol <laughs> well, you, I, you so buy two cans and then you pour them both into right which i guess you you know you you might do i don't know but a lot of other brands do a nice fun variety of like you know my favorite ones are like the cranberry lime and the blackberry citrus so here's my question though in what mirror universe is coconut mango a standard flavor that is not. That is literally the only one of those that okay. is just kind of off. But it makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. As far as like, if you're going to combine some flavors and do something different, go for it. Coconut mango makes total sense. Well, it makes sense to me. It's like, well, I'd like to have a pina colada, but I don't want one. I just want some of the flavors. And I want like a little bit of like a flavored pina colada. I want like some mango. Yeah, it's it's not quite a pina colada because you're missing that pineapple that you'd normally have. I, I finally got to try the coconut LaCroix and I was very hesitant about it for a while and it is actually gonna good. Uh, mm. So, eh, you know, maybe they're onto something. Speaking of odd flavors, mm. there are beer flavored jelly beans and they're here to make the Easter gift for that beer lover in your life. Sure. Yeah, no, Jelly Belly uh, has come out with uh, a new product. You may have heard of beer cheese. You may have sampled beer-inspired chips. Uh, delicious, by the way, is what Vine Pear says. I don't know. I haven't had them. I'm sure but what about beer-flavored candy? If you're stuck for an Easter gift for the uh, beer lover in your life, this intriguing jelly bean flavor may be the perfect alternative or accompaniment to the real thing. Uh, jelly bean has been, uh, Jelly Belly has been developing a drink inspi- drink inspired flavors since the 1980s, says Jeff Brown, vice president of operations, the distribution of Jelly Belly. Uh, we started with pina colada, and then they took some long walks in the rain. Uh, <laughs> then they had some mai tais, and now we're very proud to add draft beer to that line. Not canned beer, not bottled beer, draft beer. Yeah, that's very specific. It really is. Uh, I mean, I guess there is a different taste if you think about it, but still. There is. There is. Uh, there is a freshness that cannot be beat, except for Bright Tank. Uh, according to Brown, uh, it took a lot of trial and error to get the crisp, clean flavor of beer, but Jelly Belly is satisfied that its bean has an iridescent finish uh, that makes it seem like it's poured straight from the tap. That's I weird. Swear when I read when I read that sentence the first time, I thought Jelly Belly was making jelly bean flavored beer, not the other way around. I mean, yeah, that's a little. Why does it matter what finish it has? <laughs> also iridescent. It, because it's a then, weird word for. Well, that refers to color, not flavor. So it's like, well, who? Ca- what does it matter what color the <laughs> jelly bean this is? This man has this man has synesthesia. This is like you got. Mm. Mm. Mauve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took it, I, my brain went through like three takes of what's going to be the funniest color to say here. It settled on mauve. Uh, Fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> chartreuse just didn't seem right. Well, uh, sounds too much like an actual flavor. 
the flavors should appeal to fans of Hefeweizen and ales in particular, as the style is clean, crisp, and weedy taste. Uh, is inspired in the bean. Uh, Jelly Belly package uh, beer-flavored beans in an adorable 1.75-ounce can. But if you're not still convinced, you could try one of their endless other flavors. And these are the ones that I remember everyone trying to, to give out on weird days. Like, if you want some dirty dishwasher, how about barf or stinky socks? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's because Jelly Belly is, is the famous for the Harry Potter ones that are uh, Birdie Bot's every flavor bean where you get like earwax and vomit and grass. One of them, one of them was spit, I believe, and I think it made me throw up. As it should. <laughs> like I just went, nope, nope. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about a jelly bean, a, a beer jelly bean as a recovering jelly beanaholic? Right, right. Yeah, that's a definite concern. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it might taste good. Um, like I, I'd be willing to try it, but like I could have like one. <laughs> We talked about before the show, like, I have a problem when it comes to jelly beans, specifically the Starburst jelly beans, um, because jelly beans aren't snacks, and I eat them as if they are, and then I get sick. <laughs> mm, um, yeah. But, and and I feel like this would be on the verge of doing that, but at the same time, like, they've tried, to, people try to make a lot of beer-flavored X, you know? Like, um, you'll see a lot of, like, beer-flavored chips, for example, it does not always work out. So, yes, they've they've really nailed down in candy, you know, world, um, getting those kind of flavors. But I still don't trust it. Like, I'd be willing to try it, but I I feel like I I, I know in my heart that it's not going to be, it's not going to taste on point. You know. You know. You know who I can trust. Hmm. Betty Betty White. Can't everyone? She's like I think. Just the best. Um, yeah, so uh, it turns out Betty White is America's choice for celebrity to drink a beer with. I can't disagree with that. Beer, okay. Whiskey, no. Any kind of, like, spirit? That's fair, yeah. It's Nick Offerman. Like, there's there's no one I would rather drink scotch with. Although, I think, celebrity. Like, I don't know. I think you could drink anything but whiskey with Betty White. Like vodka or like a cocktail. That'd be fun. Oh, oh, I, I would love to be sitting up at night with... Okay, no, no. If I'm drinking cocktails, I want it with the entire Queer Eye crew. Mm, yeah. Because I'm just thinking okay. like Cosmopolitans and I went, no. No, I want that with all of the guys from Queer Eye. If I'm doing cocktails, I wanted those guys. That's... Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, this is from... Uh, the Beer Institute, and this was from an announcement on Wednesday, uh, they did a, uh, it, Beer Institute is a national trade association for the brewing industry, and it conducted a nationwide survey to find out which American celebrity U.S. citizens would most like to drink a beer with. The survey was conducted in honor of the National Beer Day on April 7th, which there is an untapped badge for, but because of when this episode will come out, we're kind of kind of missed the 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 goal there um but national beer day april 7th future reference so betty white uh, american actress comedian and all-around amazing human amazing human obviously beat out bill gates denzel washington oprah winfrey and lady gaga as the top pick of a dozen celebrities plus an quote other section 
This is from a report by Food and Wine. Um, so yeah, but that list, I don't want to drink with any of those people. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. Well, from that list, yes, Betty White is the one. I might drink I would... with Oprah. Uh, okay, I, maybe Oprah, that could be maybe Denzel Washington, but I don't want to like drink a lot with Denzel Washington. I no, I would be uncomfortable. I feel like he would just make me feel bad about myself, not by anything he did. No, because he's Denzel Washington. <laughs> because he's Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, that's. That's like natural. Um, it says, uh, quote, beer brings people together. And on this National Beer Day, we toast Betty White, who has entertained multiple generations of Americans with her impeccable comedic timing and enduring charm. Uh, that from the spokesperson at Beer Institute. Uh, the survey was conducted online from March 25th, 2019 to March 29th, 2019. Uh, and they got... 1,159 responses from adults 21 and over, of course. Uh, and um, apparently National Beer Day commemorates President Franklin Roosevelt legalizing beer on that day in 1933, when uh, before the 21st Amendment was ratified. It's truly, truly this nation's greatest day. <laughs> it's crazy. I also love the gif on this article of Betty White drinking out of a solo cup. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, for those who don't know, she is 97 years old, <laughs> has been on the air for 80 years, uh, and, and of course is most famous for the Golden Girls. She's been in movies, uh, TV appearances, etc. Um, and apparently, she also played beer pong with Jimmy Fallon. Because why not? I feel like uh, you have not, to say not just once multiple times yeah i feel like you have to say currently famous for because her career has spanned such a large swath of time that at different points she's been known for different things but to yeah the current gen like i'm pretty sure almost everyone alive only knows her for the golden girls which is fun well and she was also famous that she had that show for a while um that uh hot in cleveland oh yeah uh, um oh, yeah that actually that actually went on for a bit longer than i thought it would have but well i was gonna say like i'm surprised they didn't mention the mary tyler moore show and then i realized that i watched a lot of nick at night as a child <laughs> oh yeah yeah i did too <laughs> but uh so I was like why is that not listed there like the golden girls that's like second rate compared to oh wait yeah that was more recent yeah, yeah. a little bit um but she is like she's like she and dick van dyke to me are like on the level you know, it was yeah. Like was, they're they're so up there, but at the same time, that you would never know. It's insane. Well, it's kind of like in my mind, I always looked and thought. I guess that I guess this is my world. I was like, well, uh, Stanley and uh, mm. um, oh my Jack God. Kirby. Well, well, Jack Kirby's already dead. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure who we're talking about. Like I was like. What was the, the Mel Brooks? Who, oh, no, uh, I Mel thought Brooks. Mel Brooks and Stan Lee were just going to live forever. That was it. They were going to outlive me. And then when Stan passed, like that was just like the heart. Now I'm just waiting. I'm like, well, when's Mel Brooks going to die? I need no. He never will. <laughs> That'll be the not day. While Nazis walk this earth, Mel Brooks <laughs> will not die till he has turned them back into a joke. <laughs> <sighs> It's just like that'll be the day, like we already had the day the music died. That'll be the day the laughter dies. How old is he now? He's, he's in his nineties. Yeah, it's he's the the yeah. comedians in cars getting coffee with Mel Brooks. One of the is, best things in the world. Oh, yes, yeah. like that is the, especially because him and uh oh what's that Reiner. other comedian? 
Yeah, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner, yes. And they're just like best friends who have dinner together every night and watch, you know, Jeopardy it, or something. Literally yeah. the best like, thing ever. He is 92 years old. Yeah. Wow. Well, Betty White's wow. older than him. Betty White's older than yeah. Mel Brooks. <laughs> you wouldn't know it to look at the two of them. Oh, yeah. She's... It's insane. Like, for the last, like, what, 20, 30 years, she's looked exactly the same. <laughs> this is getting depressing. Yeah. Anyway. Because that's the whole, like, that, and that comedian with cars, like, that's what really hits you the whole time is Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks both, like, they're mentally both sharp as a tack, but their bodies are failing them. And you're just like, ah, damn it. Well, hasn't he since passed? I think he may Carl have. Carl Reiner? Yeah, yeah, I thought he passed since then. Wait, let's quit making this so sad. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's just get the hell out of here. Here's a good time to end the show. Uh, we all love Betty White and Mel Brooks and all of these individuals. Carl, and hopefully Carl they Reiner, stay around 97, forever. not dead. Okay. Wow, okay, never mind. He may, just looked they, more like he May was, they live forever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'd like to end the show now <laughs> and remind all of you that this is our news-only show. Uh, but we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you uh, again next Saturday. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Back with The Voice. We'll see you guys <laughs> next time. Bye. 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 Enchilada seltzer. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>